And here we are again. This is episode two of The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity. I hope you'll come for a wander. Align with your best self. Explore the quality of your being. Step into your capacity to thrive. Broadcasting from the northwest coast of Scotland, this is the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. Guys, this is the second episode, and if you sat with me the last time when we looked at the hero's journey and finding courage and have decided to come back, well, I thank you. Today, we are looking at something super fun, what to do when you're sitting in a moment of darkness. (laughs) Now, I'm being serious. Uh, We are going to be looking at a wonderful tool called RAIN. Not the RAIN outside my window right now here in the northwest coast of Scotland, but R-A-I-N, a deeply mindful tool for observing any experience we are having, and particularly useful for when we are observing our darkest experiences. So stick around. Together again, together again, here we are. I'm so happy if you've stuck around after that introduction and have heard what we're going to be talking about, I applaud you. In the book I've written about recovering your power and sense of purpose in the face of loss and uncertainty, that has a very specific scope, which I will disclose to you at some point, but it's not relevant to what we're looking at here today. There is a chapter titled, Out of the Darkness, which looks at the idea of what can happen and be born out of a moment of darkness, and what does it take to have the experience during and after be something luminous, be something that we take away, something precious, and we learn from it and we grow from it and our life becomes better during the course of and perhaps even because of that moment of darkness. So just to keep it super light and fun, let me share a little personal disclosure about a moment where I was experiencing a really dark moment of darkness. Many years ago, I went through this extended period where I felt that my purpose in this world was valued at little to nothing. I didn't have a strong direction, I couldn't get work as an actor, I was feeling depressed and sad, and instead of leaning into the discomfort that was surrounding me and holding me at the time, I tried to push it away. Now, you might be listening to this thinking, I understand that experience. It is such a human experience to have pain and suffering and not want to feel it. At the time, I was doing everything I could to not feel it, and my way of pushing things away was to drink way too much. The super good news here is that when I came out of that moment of darkness, which was, for me, the darkest moment I'd ever had in my life, it directly, that experience, directly informed my path moving forward. As I reflect on that experience, I have deep gratitude since it was the pivotal moment that led me to making the contribution that I do today. I went back to school, I got a master's degree, I did all of the years of uh, 
um, supervision to get my clinical licensure. And now I'm an executive and life coach and I'm a psychotherapist in private practice. And it is the best time of my life. So enough about me, let's get to the nitty gritty of how we actually make this happen for us. And one pathway is what I was talking about earlier, this way of observing our experience through the process called RAIN. Now, I believe our greatest contribution comes when we find a balance between our head and our heart. Our heart guides us to the place where we want to be right? A place where we feel good and appreciated and we're able to recognize with clarity what our purpose and contribution is. But then the mind, right, our head, is there to help us critically think through our movement on the path before us, so to speak. And if we can maintain clarity, then we're able to make our way through difficult spots. And this RAIN tool that we're about to explore here in a few minutes really does that. It allows us to feel everything we're feeling, but investigate it in a way that gives us the kind of clarity that I'm talking about. Moments of darkness can make us feel powerless. We can feel like we're being wrapped up in something that's smothering us. And when we try to suppress it, run away from it, do something to make it not be there, my experience is, and the experience of many people I've worked with, if not all of them, is that when we do that, the force of that darkness just becomes greater. It gets a tighter grip on us. It keeps us from seeing clearly where we are and what we're up to in any given moment. And reclaiming our power in these moments really is, again, if you'll remember from the first episode, we set our intention. And what we're setting our intention to do here is to lean into the pain we're experiencing, right? So let me talk a little bit about power here. This is a little blurb from the chapter Out of the Darkness from the book. Setting our intention to lean into the pain and our sense of loss and uncertainty in moments like we're talking about here, actually means that we have connected to and asserted our power. We decide how much to hold, how hard to lean into the suffering, and when all is said and done, the darkness we dread in moments like this can become not only bearable, but even welcome. It is in this contrast that we're able to see and experience our true self, our best self. And when we are able to truly step aside and view how we are showing up in moments where darkness is ever-present, this simple act brings us a kind of mindful clarity. Now, this next bit is the really empowering bit. Okay, so pay attention. This clarity comes from choosing to be the witness to this experience rather than have the experience overtake us. Now, a dose of curiosity, openness, acceptance, and love can mean the difference between being swallowed by the darkness or picking up the light we all possess inside of us and moving forward with ever-gaining momentum. So, if you sat with me during the first episode of this series, then you know me. I'm going to argue, again, that the light we're looking for here the one that's going to light the path in front of us already exists inside of us. It's just about accessing it. What I told you about myself before, the pain that I was feeling at the time, and the reasons I drank was to numb and dull and push away all the things that I just didn't want to feel. So I'm arguing here that if we can learn to lean into the pain we're feeling mindfully, allow it to simply be what it is, 
right? Nothing more than what it is. Something else happens for us. So now we're going to explore this process of rain. After a quick break here, I hope you'll stay with me. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing so far, please hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with future content. I'd love it if you leave a review here. That way, I can know if the content I bring here is useful to you. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Click on the link in the show notes to send your question along via DW's website at www.mcscoach.com. So we're back, my shiny happies. I'm so glad you're sitting here with me. We are going to let it rain now. (laughs) Well, figuratively, anyway. We're going to look at this tool, rain, R-A-I-N. I am not sure if it is attributed to one person, but the research I did when I was writing my book attributes it to a woman named Michelle McDonald. She's a mindfulness teacher with decades of experience teaching Vipassana meditation and Many, many teachers, including myself, have taken this tool and utilized it in their work. And if you're like me, I've used it on myself and for myself. That was one of the reasons I wrote the book. One great teacher's perspective that I'm going to be bringing here, and if you don't know who she is, you really must look her up. Her name is Tara Brock. She's the author of True Refuge and Radical Acceptance, and she speaks often of this practice. And through her contribution, I think... Rain has become part of the mainstream consciousness in various schools of thought associated with mindfulness and its application. I have read more about Rain from her, I think, than anybody, and I just love her. I think she's an incredible teacher, world-class psychotherapist, and um, I recommend you go and look up her stuff. Now, even though I'm going to be bringing you my take on the tool, which is going to be combining a couple of other perspectives so that it's even more beefy and hopefully more useful to you, I can't help but point at what Tara Brock says again. She says that it can help us get out of the cycle of habitual creation of our own suffering. So you know what it's like when you're in a moment of darkness. You're suffering, and it's really hard to get out of, and you ruminate on all the bad things that are happening and all the negative experience. So she says this practice can help clear a path, I just love this, to a deeper sense of calm, which can then clear the way to a greater sense of openness to our experience in the present moment. And being in the present moment is what we're talking about. I mean, you guys know me by now. I'm a mindfulness guy. Where we sort out our stuff is in the present moment, not in the future. In some ways, looking at the past can help us do that. But right now, we're looking at the present moment. We're suffering. We don't feel good. And so we're going to use this tool, RAIN. So this is what RAIN looks like for me. So the R, right, it's an acronym, stands for recognize. Yes, so what we're going to do is recognize what's happening. The A, some people who teach RAIN talk about acceptance. And so the A represents accept. I have added the extra ingredient of allow. There's something very freeing when we say to ourselves, I'm going to allow this to be whatever it is. So my A is allow and accept. The I is investigate, right? And what we're doing in this moment is we're investigating our inner experience with kindness. And the N 
is often attributed to meaning or being associated with non-identification. So we're not going to identify with the feelings that we're having. We're going to actually be able to say to ourselves, okay, I know these are feelings I am having. They are not necessarily who I am. It's an experience I'm having. And what I've added to that um, came from somebody else, not from me, and I don't even remember, but I discovered that nurture could be included in that N. So N is nurture and non-identification. So let's break these down into their components and explore them just a little bit. So back to R. In order to recognize what's happening inside of us in any given moment, but today we're looking at the darkness and the dark moments we're experiencing, we must fully turn our attention to our thoughts, feelings, and our body sensations because our body tells us what's going on. We have a lot of thoughts that come up with what we're feeling, but our body really says, look, here's the resonance of what's going on with you. If you pay attention to me, you're going to get it. Our practice in this moment is to tune into our inner life, right? We might notice immediately that we're anxious and in, in doing so, we fail to notice how our body's tightening up or we have butterflies in our stomach or our throat is clenched. Yes. And so at the onset of these distressing emotions, one of the things many of us lose is the awareness of our breath. So like last time, when we're tuning in and recognizing what's going on inside of us, we need to do that as well with full consciousness of our breath. That's going to give us access and a spacious access to what's going on inside of us. So we take a breath and we exhale slowly and then we continue to recognize what's happening. Yeah, I'm feeling uptight. My stomach's flipping up and down. I have a headache. My shoulders are tense and I feel anger as sort of the through line of the sort of what's underneath what's going on with me. And we've just fully recognized those things. Now, if you're like me when this was first introduced to me by my therapist, you might have the experience of like, how the hell am I supposed to calm down enough to simply observe my thoughts and feelings in this moment when I am miserable and suffering and just feeling like absolute shite? So this is where I argue again that mindful attention to the breath plays an important role. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, what the hell is he talking about all this breath stuff? If you don't know anything about mindfulness, I suggest you do some Googling and you, you have a peek at mindfulness-based stress reduction and, and explore it um, on the internet. Maybe even look at some YouTube videos um, with people demonstrating mindful breathing. I think I might even have an old YouTube video out there somewhere about you know checking in and doing mindful breathing. But the breath is going to give you the ability to really connect to what's going on inside of you. And our practice here is to be gentle, right? We're going to look at what's going on inside of us. We're going to try to stay away from judgment, and we're just going to be gentle with ourselves and just notice what's going on, just like I did a moment ago when I demonstrated what might be going on with me in any given moment of darkness. And that's basically the R part of RAIN. You're just recognizing what's going on. And if you can connect to your capacity for mindfully observing, right, simply noticing the breath and keep your judgment out of the way, you will have engaged a superpower, I promise you, because you're going to be able to just be with yourself in a way that maybe you've never done before. Maybe some of you listening right now have done this kind of work. Share it with other people if you have, right? I think it'll do the, the world some good. You know, these are particularly hard times with the pandemic 
going on. Um, in America, it's been a time of uncertainty, and that uncertainty, and I know this to be true because I live in another country, that uncertainty in America has permeated the, the consciousness of the rest of the world. And so people all over the planet are feeling uncertain, right? So take a little moment and just recognize what's going on with yourself. So we've been gentle with ourselves and recognized what's going on. And we move on to the A, which in my version is allow and accept. So what are we attempting to do when we set our intention to simply allow whatever is going on inside of us to simply be there? Yes, we've agreed, I think, that none of us like the distressing experience of feeling bad, right? But one thing is true in this situation when we are practicing allowing and accepting. We don't have to like what's happening right, in this moment, in order to engage our ability to allow it, to simply be what it is, right? If we allow everything to be as it is, right, we are laying the ground for facilitating a decision we're making consciously about how we're going to observe these feelings instead of setting ourselves up to react negatively and then mindlessly. And then we go and do the things that I was talking about in my story before we start to drink too much. And the next thing you know, we're not feeling a damn thing. Right? And then we get stuck. And we're looking to get unstuck here. Now, my shiny happies, this rain thing we're talking about here is something that we must practice. It's a practice we have to return to again and again since our little human selves, bless our precious selves, our default system will want to fight back and return to the way that we've been before, being reactive or even worse, pushing away pain in these dark moments. And what we're doing right now is trying to figure out a way. Many of you might be listening, thinking, what's my way out of the pain? And I'm not going to argue against that for this moment. I'm going to say, okay, and you know, if that's what you're here for, let's look at what the opportunities are. And right now, after recognizing what's happening inside of us, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, right? all the different things that you've looked at before, now we are allowing them. One of the most precious things that I discovered when writing about this was even though we're having the experience, or we might be, why am I being asked to allow this deeply painful experience to just be here? The last thing I want to do is welcome more suffering. And this is where I say to you, courageous listener here, is where the real magic lies when we practice allowance right, and acceptance here. When we make the decision to allow something, it's a very humble act that in its essence possesses kindness because if we look at our world around us right now and our worldview says that there's no kindness surrounding us, then why not create it for ourselves by drawing on the light that resides within us, as I mentioned before, and saying, look at me, I can look inward and I can allow whatever to be there and whatever is there will not disempower me. I actually claim my power by holding it in this way. I disempower myself when I go off and drink about it, or I go off and have too much sex about it, or I self-isolate, or overeat, or whatever self-destructive behavior you're prone to doing. So stick with me here. The super beautiful thing about blending acceptance with the practice of allowing something is that the two become partners in bringing greater ease to us. It feels like when I practice this, and I've had this reported to me as well. It's like more people on your team. Yes. So acceptance means that I'm not only allowing something to be as it is, but in this allowance, somehow I'm removing the judgment that 
creates a barrier to me accepting it fully. Yes, because I'm allowing it just to be what it is. Now, it sounds simple, maybe, and I am not at all (laughs) ashamed to disclose that in the beginning, when I first began practicing this feature of mindfulness, non-judgment, not being judgy, people, was my greatest hurdle. I thought that if I accepted anything fully while allowing it, it meant that I'd lost control of something. I mean, that's my own bullshit. Um, You may have some similar bullshit, but at the time, I thought that control was the way for me to create any kind of balance or happiness. If I could line everything up and put it in frickin' order where I could see it and make sure nothing is askew, only then will I feel supremely happy. (laughs) I was so wrong about that. I cannot even tell you how wrong I was about that. So eventually, I discovered that seeking to control everything just created more suffering for me. You know, I run on the anxious side anyway, so it amplified the feeling that things are out of place the more I tried to control it. And it didn't help at all. So here's another big dealio that I'm going to say again and again. You got to be gentle with yourself when you're looking at this. So if you're in a mindset where you've already listened to half of this podcast and you're thinking, oh, hell no, I'm not, this is not for me, turn the podcast off. Right, And there is no judgment for you here if you decide to do that. Because I don't half blame you. Because if you ain't ready, you ain't ready. I will disclose that in the beginning, when my therapist was teaching me principles like this, I basically told her to F off. That was not what I was paying her for. I needed to just line everything up, get everything in control, and then I'd be fine. She needed to teach me how to do that. (laughs) Now, of course, that's not what she did. She stayed the course and eventually helped me in a huge way to understand, right? And as you know, I went on and became one myself. So be gentle with yourself. If this is bringing up stuff for you in this moment, like I said, turn the podcast off, come back another time. In doing this, you're actually practicing allowance and acceptance because you're recognizing, hello, how you're doing, right? And you're allowing and accepting yourself to feel however you feel right now. And if you need to put it aside, put it aside. All is well. For those of you guys still with me here, let's move on to the I. We're going to investigate. And this is where curiosity plays, I think, one of its greatest roles. Because if we're curious about something, and like imagine a two-year-old, the way they're curious about things. If we can bring that to this experience, what can it afford us? Somehow, engaging this investigation of our inner experience, if we want to get real therapy, therapy-like, therapy language. Let's look at our inner experience here. When we bring curiosity about our feelings and emotions in these moments, it can provide us with the experience, which is really cool, of creating some kind of distance because we're kind of getting outside of ourselves and investigating what's going on inside of ourselves with our critical thinking skills, so to speak. So not unlike a child picking up the first bug they've ever seen in their whole lives. What happens to us if we are able to infuse this kind of investigation with a sense of wonder and and even, I might argue, detachment? Yes, because we're, we're investigating what's going on with us. We're feeling it all, but we're investigating it. So like a scientist, can we put it all under a figurative microscope and investigate it like it's something we've just discovered, like it's unnamed or strange or something we'd like to learn more about. I mean, don't we want to understand a little more here? So investigating with this sense of detachment and 
even lightness of being means that we'll stay away from creating more suffering. Because if we're investigating in this way, we're not giving ourselves time to start ruminating and all the bullshit that's got us pissed off in the first place. We're investigating with curiosity. And in that curiosity, I think there's an undercurrent of love. But that's another talk. And believe me, if I can learn to investigate in this way without cynicism popping up, because my inner cynic likes to stand on a box and scream sometimes, then I am absolutely certain you can do it. And the last letter, N, nurture and non-identification. Now, for those of you goal-oriented, solution-focused people out there, this is your end result, like what you're looking for, right? To nurture ourselves... I think, means to love ourselves just as we are in this moment. If that's a stretch for you, take a breath, like we do here, and stay with me. Perhaps we say to ourselves, it's okay, I'm here for you. Right? Self-talk, positive self-talk, it's a good thing. Yeah. If you can actually say to yourself, hey, DW, shh, it's going to be fine. Just take another breath, please. You've stopped breathing. <laughs> My experience a lot in this lifetime. If whilst we are nurturing ourselves, we are able to begin to not identify with what's going on inside of us, it means that we're able to see the thoughts and feelings we are having in this moment are not who we really are. Yes, we're feeling them and thinking them, but they are not the essence of our truest self. Our true self is way bigger than these things. Our true self is possessing the innate capacity to observe all of this difficult stuff mindfully and with some distance. And so when we choose to do this by setting our intention to look at ourselves in this way, well, our true self is highly active. And yo, that's what I think is really exciting about doing work like this. So it can lead us to realizing that we are bigger than the things we are experiencing, and these things do not have to drive us to behaviors that create more suffering, like we were talking about earlier. So for me, even though non-identification was hard for me in the beginning, and sometimes still is, it's the most mindful of qualities in this tool, I believe, because we're deciding to empower ourselves by stepping away from the suffering we're feeling in this moment of darkness, and we're observing it with curiosity, and I'm going to argue again, I'm going to say it really softly, with love, whilst we're simply letting it be what it is. That means we get to sit in the knowing that all of these bullshit crazy thoughts are going to pass, that the feelings will eventually drain away and recede, and that we have somehow created space for ourselves to experience what I like to call grace. Yeah, it's just the feeling of like, I don't know where this freedom came from, but I'm just glad that it's here. So, there we are. We have gone through all of the letters of rain, and if you're taking your first steps out of a dark place that you might be experiencing right now, or you know somebody who's having a hard time, and you think that this tool might be useful to you or to them, I encourage you to bring it. Yeah, Listen to this again if you need an explanation. Go searching for it on the internet. Find your version of it right? that works for you. It'll be better than mine. And for those of you who might be at the end of this podcast with me and thinking, I don't think so, I don't know. Hey, if, if that's where you are, 
there's no judgment for you here at all. If, if it's a fight whether or not to decide to do this because you don't think it's right, but you think it might be, and you're just back and forth. I mean, I know my brain can do that. What do you think I'm going to say you need to be in this moment? You've been with me long enough. I'm going to say to you, you need to be gentle with yourself and forgiving with yourself. It's okay if you don't want to take on any of what you've heard today. It's perfectly okay. Yeah, You'll come to it when you come to it. As always, know that you are whole and complete and you have your own answers. If there's anything I'm right about in this world, it is that. And here we are again at the end. I want to thank you. Thank you so much for sitting with me and listening to this. It really means a lot. And I want to say thank you to the people who listened to the first podcast episode and have already left comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts. I'm so thrilled by that I almost wet myself (laughs) so thank you for that and as always you know what I'm going to wish you big love and light to you until next time You've been listening to The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Click on the link in the show notes to send your question along via D.W.'s website at www.mcscoach.com. Music